0: This episode of Vision, Hustle, Grit and Gratitude is brought to you by our Michigan-based firm, Mass Mutual Great Lakes. Growing up as one of four boys outside of the city of Chicago, my brothers and I enjoyed an unbelievable abundance of faith, family, fitness, becoming ferocious competitors as young men, and gratitude for what it means to live in a free country. The one thing we lacked a little bit of on a consistent basis was financial resources. And lacking that level of financial security and stability and success prevented us from having one very special thing throughout our lives, which was consistently having the power of choice. Becoming a professional in our industry means that you have the opportunity to architect your clients, your friends, your family's financial household, their plan to create financial well being and success throughout their lives. This alone empowers people to have the power of choice for themselves, their families, and the businesses that they serve and represent. Our firm is based in Southeast Michigan, and we're always looking to bring on great people. Great people making great decisions consistently delivers great outcomes. If you'd like to learn more about career opportunities with our firm, visit greatlakes.massmutual.com backslash careers to start a conversation with our team today. We look forward to hearing from you.
1: So you gotta have some grit. You gotta be able to show that you can persevere, that you can maneuver through challenging times, and that it doesn't matter, you know, how many times you get back knocked down, it's about picking yourself back up. And it's not only about picking yourself back up, it's how you show up when you pick yourself back up.
0: All right, folks, well, here we are, Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, we're here with our guests for another episode of the Vision, Hustle, Grit and Gratitude podcast. Man, I am so excited about today. You know, we're nine days away from Christmas. It's a holiday. We love celebrating in my home. And uh, look, I'm here as I was driving into the office this morning. I was thinking about today's podcast. And I'm here with three dear friends who have all at different times throughout my nearly 20-year career served as a teacher, coach, or mentor to me. And I'm chuckling because I've been in discussions with all three of them in this past year as well, around areas for our firm uh, and our teams uh, to get better here in the great state of Michigan at doing what we do uh, in serving our clients. And so I'm I'm just so humbled that we were able to get on all three other schedules here at the end of the year. Everyone's busy, Uh, but without further ado, I wanna just jump into this because it's gonna be a great, great conversation. And so, I think folks, if we could allow each of you to introduce yourself and we'll go Katie, Kristen, and then Lisa, uh, that would be wonderful. And Katie, you're up. All
1: right. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for, for dialing in. So, I'm Katie Martineau, I am head of advisor teaming, transition planning, and field recruiting at Mass Mutual Financial Advisors. I've actually been in the financial services industry. For just about 20 years as well, Manny, so around the same time as you, and I started working in the industry, uh, came in cold calling for some financial advisors at a local firm, was putting myself through school, and it was a tremendous opportunity for me to really learn the business from the ground up, and so I've been able to grow my career step by step uh, along this incredible journey and really have uh, pride myself on my work ethic and commitment. And then also to, you know, growing and developing. So I have this passion of making sure that I'm continuing to grow and develop day over day and year over year and learning from everybody around me and then learning from, uh, you know, the mistakes that I've made along the way. So excited to be here and uh, look forward to learning from this group as well.
0: Love it. Welcome. Kristen.
2: Uh, I'm Kristen Andre. I am down in Atlanta. So I'm the southerner in the group today. Uh, i the same thing. I've been in the financial services industry for 20 years. Um, I started though in healthcare. I was a career changer. So was one of these people that went to school for something totally different than what I ended up doing in my career and about 10 years ago or 11 years ago. Now I launched a coaching and consulting firm. So currently I coach um, and consult with financial advisors and female and executive women and more on business strategy and development. I'm also also a speaker, author, and a podcast host. So I'm excited to be with you guys. Can't wait to learn from the rest of you guys too.
0: Welcome Lisa. Lisa.
3: Hi, I'm Lisa Kelnick. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas! Um, it's probably the one time of the year I can bring all these uh, fun gadgets that I have out. Um, but thank you for inviting me, and welcome to everyone. Um, I've had the honor and pleasure, more or less, to work with Manny and Kristen over my 20-year career that I've had in the financial services industry. And you know, he says he learned from us. i turn turned around, say so I've learned a lot from him. And just you know, the people that come across your path. Um, When you look back, how influential and how key it was. And sometimes it could have been just a comment or a story that helped along the way there. You know, I I was a lot like Kristen. I was not intended to be in the financial services industry. I was a career changer. And when I came into the industry, I was just in awe at how credible and and key um, individuals were when it came to really trying to figure out how they could do the best for others. Um, so in my career, I did a lot with organization development. we did recruiting, we did training, we did coaching. And then about 10 years ago, I uh, also started at a coaching and consulting firm. And I am coaching with not only adv- financial advisors, but also small business owners, particularly when they're looking to do succession planning and bring in that new generation of leaders and even a new uh, potential owner there. So uh, that's kind of been the path and it's been exciting. Uh, to, like I said, the interactions that we've had, not only with, like I said, I'm working with individuals who are now towards the end of their careers, where in the beginning, I was working with a lot of college students who were just starting their careers. So to kind of see that transition or uh, throughout my 20 years has been awesome.
0: Great. Thank you so much for sharing that, Lisa, and welcome. So I want to get right into the questions. You know, Chad does such an incredible job of getting us ready for these conversations. And the first one, I'm gonna send to Katie and then Lisa, and it's really very COVID centric. So gang, in terms of when COVID arrived and it started to impact the hiring process and the systems that companies use for looking for the right talent and taking them through an interview experience, what have you seen as the greatest change because of COVID in this new virtual environment and what, what is something that candidates should consider adjusting or doing to be better prepared for this virtual hiring environment? And let's start with Katie.
1: Yeah, so great question to, to kick it off. I would, I'm going to answer this specific to the you know, financial services profession. And as we know, you know this, is, this profession has really built ourselves on being a face-to-face business. And we pride ourselves on meeting with individuals, meeting with clients and families, and interacting in that, you know, personal way. And so our interview process has historically been uh, built upon that face-to-face interview, being able to connect with people, have the candidates feel the culture inside our firms and organizations. And this year that, you know, obviously we had to, to make a dramatic shift. And one of the positive things that I've seen come from this is we've actually been able to speed up that candidate engagement and interview process. So being able to connect candidates with firm leadership teams, with firm leaders on Zoom, we've been able to move them through the process much more quickly, which I think is giving a little bit better of a candidate experience you know, when historically it's kind of coming in, trying to find time when everybody's in the office and in firm and, organize, and organizing those in-person meetings. You know, this has really helped candidates to move through the process in a quick way. Uh, and from a candidate's perspective, what can you do to be prepared? Do your homework, do your research upfront and get ready to move through that process in a, in a quicker time frame. So, you know, get that research out of the way and then be able to quickly flex and adjust to a faster candidate engagement process. So I think it's a positive. I think that's a positive candidate experience, and it's helped us become a little bit more effective and efficient for sure.
0: I love that. I love that you shared that. Thank you so much. And, and I, I could really uh, it really resonates with me in our organization, that our candidates do get an opportunity to meet so many more people in a more efficient process because of the advantages of technology like Zoom. I love that. Lisa.
3: So I can even share from on the candidate side, my daughter had graduated in December, had a Hmm. job in the sports uh, arena, in the sports field. Needless to say, once COVID hit, that went away. And then she was back in in the job hunt mix. And so we did a lot of prep, trying to figure out exactly what's the best way to prepare for these interviews. How does she need to set up the environment? What does she need to wear? And just to walk through, because there's some small things that can have really huge impact. And you know, when I talk to some of my uh, recruiter clients, the leadership clients their bigger concern, and you know, Katie even mentioned this, is around how do, you kind of, how do you feel that vibe, right? Like, how do you really feel, are they gonna be a good fit in this organization? How can the candidate feel like, kind of try to figure out also, will they fit into the organization? And so there's a lot of things that you have to try to create and get a feel for, whether they're non or even just verbal. Um, and so some of the things that we really focused in on when she and I were practicing is not only around, does she have concise answers and responses, um, making sure that the technology is set up well. I think that's the other piece too, that a lot of kids weren't ready for companies weren't ready for right? I mean, all the needs we were gonna have around technology is that is de- definitely key. So even letting people around you know, hey, I'm gonna be on the Zoom interview. Can you, you know, either try to stay off the internet or just make sure to keep the noise down? That is really essential. Um, also you're in like, uh, again, kind of what you, what you wear, right. To help tell your story. I go, that's what candidates need to figure out is how can I tell my story of who I am? And so even whether it's, you know, wearing something like this, not most people won't, but it says a lot So the colors that you're choosing when you're on those, the zoom interviews, I think are key. And also as Katie mentioned, you have, you're going to have the opportunity to probably meet a lot more people than you would normally in that environment. So being prepared for that will be key. Having consistency on your answers and responses will be key too, on I think on the core message that you really want them to understand about you. You're there to tell your story. And as easy as that sounds, I can tell you from many years of experience, sometimes that's the hardest thing candidates have when they're interviewing, is to really know how to explain and, and tell themselves, you know, the best way, right? In a concise manner. So your nonverbals are going to be huge, just as much as your, your verbals will be really key.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, two two things like came to my mind as you as you were talking. I for me, when we're meeting candidates, I cannot tell you how consistently I'm impressed with the folks from Walsh College. And I'm gonna use these two examples of what is consistent about the gang at Walsh. One, they bring great energy. Number two, they know that first impressions are made as soon as someone sets eyes on you. And I love the fact that they're always dressed for the part. That's so important, folks. And so, you know, Lisa, you kind of opened those doors and it just made me think, gosh, that is something I'm always seeing from Walsh. I'm seeing it from Western Michigan. I'm seeing it from Wayne State, but I'm just so impressed. And so, gang, out there, if you're listening, keep that up. Thanks so much for sharing Well, and let
3: me just add, I remember the best coaching advice I got was, always just like you have somewhere better to go, right? So part of the research, as Katie said, is know what is that dress culture like, and then step it up, right? So, I mean, not everything will be the same, but you'll never have to apologize if you always live by that mantra.
0: I, I Lisa, I knew I should have put the tie on. I don't know why I called the audible at the last <laughs> second. So this, this next one, look, Kristen and Lisa are working with folks around the clock 365 days a year on the next move or getting, you know, breaking through to that next level in your career. I wanna send you a question that was really meaningful to Chad and I as we prep today. And, And it's really around two to three nuggets of advice that you would give anyone, anyone, whether they're happy or they're unhappy in their current role, just eight, two to three nuggets of advice that you'd give them on ensuring that they're on the right path to finding their next great breakthrough opportunity.
2: Okay. Now I think that's a great question because whether you're career disturbed and, you know, looking for something new, whether you're fresh out at college or whether you love what you do, you've always got to be looking how to level up. So I would say, you know, for, for me, there's three of them. First and foremost, for anyone, anywhere, any industry, know your strengths. Know what it is you are uniquely qualified to do, what you're good at. Because, you know, I've seen this in my own career progression. The closer I got to using what I was, my God-given talents, what I'm naturally strong at, the more satisfaction I had in my career. So first and foremost, know your strengths and leverage them in whatever role you're in. Second one would be find, the, find what gets you fired up. Because I think I see too many people in the professional world that are just bored and they're going through the monotonous day after day. You got a lot of years to work. So you might as well do something that lights you up, gets you fired up and that you enjoy doing. So that's my second one is figure out what makes you come alive and where you can have some fun. Because I love what I get to do every day. So it doesn't seem like work. I'm not complaining. I love Mondays. It's one of my favorite days. It, that that would be the second one find the fun find what sets you on fire and third this is what i see especially the younger um generation my kids are you know a little bit younger i do my oldest is um, in law school so she's in her 20s and what i see from that generation especially the younger they get they're not asking so my third piece of advice would be ask for what you want seek out what it is you want so if you're not having fun find something fun if you don't love the project you're on ask to be put on something different and if you're not happy i've promise you this, if you're not happy where you are, make a move, consider something different. I was like Lisa, I was not supposed to be in financial services. It was not what I was intending to do. But the more I got into the interview process, I was like, this is, this is exactly what I want. It's fun. I enjoy it. It's firing me up and I can have some freedom and flexibility. So that would be a big one is just ask for what you want.
0: And Kristen, that last one, I think that one is, it's so powerful and it's so consistently overlooked. The power of, of uh, asking for exactly what you want. We never call a pizza parlor and say, just send me a za. No, you say, hey, I want pepperoni. Right? right. Like, that's what you say. Be specific in what you ask for. And it just reminds me, Samantha, my, my wife has been giving me this advice since I got into the industry. Like, look, you're a terrible mind reader. You get a 0.0 on a 10 point scale at mind reading. <laughs> you know, thank goodness you ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And I just, I think it's so powerful. It's so easily overlooked. And I don't think it really even comes down to like courage or confidence. I think it comes down to just respecting yourself. If it's important to you, ask for it because we most people are not great mind readers. Lisa. You know what
3: I would, I guess what I'd add on that it's about clarity, right? People follow clarity. People are attracted to clarity. So the more you can articulate that, the more attractive you're going to be, you're going to open up opportunities. Um, You know, I I used to share this with people all the time, and this is all based off of research, and we probably can even say that we find ourselves in the same um, scenario, if you will, is that every three years, people look to make a change. Whether they're going to look outside their industry, they're going to look within their company, or they're going to choose nothing to do nothing at all, is they're having, asking those questions, is this really where I want to be over the next five to ten years? So if you're asking those questions to yourself, that's very normal. That's very natural. I think adding to what Kristen said is that not only you know being, trying to get more clarity of what it is that you are looking for, it's the people that you have surrounded around you. Right, So never underestimate the power of your network, no matter how young you are, is that network will be key. Some people are gonna stay in that network for your whole life. Some people are going to come in and out of it for different reasons, but always being clear and connected who's in your network, who do you need to be adding to your network and how much effort are you putting into developing that network? So when those times come, when you are having that conversation wondering, am I in the right role? What else is out there? those will be the people that you'll have those conversations with and can ask more questions to help you gain even more clarity.
0: So let's pivot to another question. Let's make the assumption. We know exactly what sets our soul on fire. We've got a clear and succinct story. We're asking for what we want. We bring the energy and dress the part. Katie, but where the heck do I go? There's no job fair. There's no networking event. There's no like uh, a sales organization or association meeting on a monthly basis to help develop me. Katie, where do I go in this virtual environment? And how do I continue to connect with the right people at the companies that I aspire to be a great teammate at? And, and after Katie, let's take that to Kristen as well.
3: Yeah.
1: So, you know, another really great question. And this is going to piggyback a little bit about what Lisa was just speaking to and it's leveraging your network. And I think this really rings true whether we're in a virtual environment or you know we're, we're back to meeting in person and having different networking organizations and career fairs. Um, it's really leveraging those centers of influences and the people that you know to help you get in front of the right organizations, the right leaders at the, the career that you're looking for, you got to leverage your relationships, no matter what stage of, career, of, of your career journey you're in. And one of the things that um, I learned early on was I had to develop my advocate list. And a mistake that I had made was I thought that my mentor was the same as my advocate, when in fact it could be two different people. And, and so the difference is an advocate is somebody who has an influential uh, position who's going to advocate on your behalf and have those conversations for you, um, have those conversations for you to help you have the right introduction for whatever it is um, for your career that you're looking for. And those people are committed to helping you to succeed where a mentor could be somebody who's helping to develop your career, help you along that professional journey They might not be the person that's committed to helping you get and have those conversations to get you in front of the right people. Um, So making sure you have that advocate list and then you're crystal clear on what it is that you're looking for, helping them to understand where it is that you want to take your career and what is that next step in your journey. So, I, you know, I can't say enough, Have, leveraging your network, no matter whether we're in a virtual environment or not, and identify those advocates uh, and making sure you're having those conversations so they know where you wanna go and um, what it is that you're looking for.
0: You know, you, I, I wrote it down again because I remember the first time we met years ago, uh, you were speaking to a huge audience of people in the talent space and you shared your story and you talked about how powerfully different those two people have been along your career progression. And so, uh, you know, thanks for sharing that. Again, it usually takes me seven to 71 times to hear the same thing before it sticks. And so I wrote it down this time. Kristen.
2: I, I love that. I'm a big proponent of mentors and advocates. And there are, there's a distinct difference. What, what I would add to that and how I would answer the question is engage. I mean, engagement is a big thing because I feel like I'm very big on social media. I love social media, Um, but I feel like a lot of times, especially professionally, people have taken the social out of social media. They're using it as a broadcast platform and I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, I get a lot of direct messages on LinkedIn and to the point where I don't answer most of them because 99% of them are very self-serving. It's let me tell you what I can do. The ones that I respond to as a, as a leader, as a business person, are the ones that try to engage me. So I feel like that's an opportunity in this world where everything has gone virtual. Get to know your mentors, your advocates, your centers of influence. Get to know the hiring managers and engage them. And it could be just conversational. It doesn't have to always be, hey, here's me. I'm looking for a job or I'm trying to be hired. It's really getting to know them and figuring out what makes them tick because the people that are going to engage back and be intrigued by you enough to help you or advocate for you or hire you are the ones that they feel they've gotten to know you. You know, Mandy, you know, if I'm looking at, if I'm in a meeting with you and I'm looking at your background, you've got footballs in the background, I kind of get a good feel online about who somebody is and what makes them tick. So engage them on the personal front and the professional front. And I think you'll build relationships that even if they're not gonna help you right now, they'll be long lasting and can help you in the future.
0: Yeah, thanks for saying that. And I'll tell you, um, I just met a, a, a new prospective client earlier this week and we get on the Zoom, right? And it pops open and he's, he's young, he's handsome, he's successful, and he's got helmets in the background. And I'm like, boy, I really want to add value to this young man because I'd really like to work on his behalf. It just, hey, there's things, right, that we're all passionate about. And I think knowing that story and making that a part of the narrative when we communicate with people it it can be powerful. It can also work against you as it has against me many times. I've many times been But it helps you
2: find the right culture fit though. It does help you find people that you know, to Lisa's point earlier about who you surround yourself with. You want to surround yourself with people that you can engage with authentically, that you're not having to be somebody different than who you are.
0: Authenticity, that's right. Jackpot. I owe you for that one. Okay, let's pivot. So I want to send this one out to each of you uh, because I'd love to hear- Uh, your perspective on this what is the most powerful most valuable most meaningful skill set that you've consistently hired young men and people for young men and women for that they've had or they've demonstrated
3: so this one is
1: interesting it's hard to pick just one and i might go with two Um, but I would say the number one skill set, and some will say it, it can be a characteristic. I think it can be a characteristic or a skill set, and and that's grit. So you gotta have some grit. You gotta be able to show that you can persevere, that you can maneuver through challenging times, and that it doesn't matter, you know, how many times you get back knocked down. It's about picking yourself back up. And it's not only about picking yourself back up, it's how you show up when you pick yourself back up. So you can be going through different uh, changes in an organization in your current career. You can be going through a challenging time, whatever it is. And if you're just showing up and you got a bad attitude, that's not grit and that's not persevering. You know, you want to show up and you want to learn from it and you want to grow and you got to take the challenge, take that time, grab it, you know, harness it and, you know, move through it. And that's when you will set yourself apart from the others in the pack, whether that's in your current career, whether you're looking for a new opportunity, um, it's got to be grit. And then, you know, just to piggyback on that a little bit, it's grit and then self-awareness. So making sure that you're showing up, you're persevering, but then are you self-aware? Are you self-aware of the things that you need to work on? Are you learning and growing and developing? And are you self-aware of how others are perceiving you? And so making sure that you have you know, that determination and perseverance, but then you're also self-aware and working on the things that you need to grow and develop because, hey, we all got those things that we need to grow and learn and develop on. And if we're not learning and growing, then, you know, we're not taking it to the next level.
0: Yeah, that's great. That really resonated with me. We talk about bounce back ability all the time, right? And it's, hey, if, if you said it's critically important, it's so it means so much to you. How quickly do you bounce back from something unexpected or a moment of adversity to what you said you would do? And it goes back to so many mentors in my life who say, hey, just do what you say you will do, honor your basic commitments, and, uh, and you'll be leagues ahead of 98% of the rest of the world. Lisa, so again, skill set you've consistently hired for and that folks should continue to develop and get better at.
3: So I'm gonna follow Katie's lead and I'm gonna share two. Um, and the number, I say so the number one skill set which it's probably even more than more apparent in this year of 2020 is adaptability. Um, uh, scenarios, situations, uh, markets, uh, just, we know that we always have to be ad- uh, adapting or adjusting consistently. But we have to be aware of when those changes occur, what the impact is, and how we need to adjust or adapt. So I'd say that's probably the most consistent, the number one. The second one is all around communication because all those things that she just even described is how well can you communicate? How well can you share the message? How well do you listen and ask questions for you to really be able to be engaged? Because with that, the opportunities will be endless, right? I mean, people are going to follow that. People are gonna wanna engage more, which is then only gonna open up more opportunities. So for me, those have really been the two, no matter what um, industry that I've been doing recruiting in, it was really around adaptability and then communication.
0: Awesome. Kristen.
2: All right. So I'm following the lead.
3: And like I said, I'm from Georgia.
2: We don't know how to count. I think the nation knows at this point. So I've got three. (laughs) So, um, and I think the words may be different, but they're very similar in definition. So my first one is resilient. So kind of what Katie and Lisa both talked about resilience is it does go to adaptability. It's, can I bounce back? Can I pivot? Can I change? Can I make any necessary tweaks that I need to do to my business, my role, whatever. So resilience is my first one. My second one is authenticity. Um, I look for people that are uniquely themselves. I work with my clients all the time on what I call finding your uniqueifier. What is it that sets you apart from everyone else? I want that special quality in anybody that I'm working with, from a teammate to an employee to a client. I want them to be able to differentiate themselves. So authenticity, however that looks for you. I tend to be a little bit sassy and and silly at times. And that shows up in my speaking, my work and everything. But I want people that can do the same and be authentic. And my third one would be work ethic. I typically tell people when I'm hiring, especially when I was, you know, in the running a financial firm was, I can teach you anything about a career. I can teach you anything about an industry. I can't teach you how to work hard. So I do look a lot for work ethic and people being willing to put in the work that it takes to get things done and not
0: expecting it to just be handed to them. Hey, that last one really resonates, right? I mean, you, yeah. you could bring everything, but if you don't bring effort consistently yeah. around what matters most, yeah, that's tough. Good, thanks so much, that was great. And this one, I'm gonna send this one to Katie. Okay, Kate, with Katie working in, in a massive corporate office, Katie, you and I agree, culture is everything, right? The greatest companies will stand the test of time because they understand that their people, their humans are their greatest asset. And so I know that culture is really important uh, for candidates to do, uh, to to, to research, to try to learn more about, to understand what a company's priorities are around culture and their programs and resources. Katie, in a virtual environment, How would you recommend that candidates go about learning about a company's culture before their first interview?
1: Yeah, so this has been something that we've been chatting a lot with the firms across the country, and it's how do we help showcase our culture in this virtual world? And I think especially in financial services, our firms, you know rightfully so, they pride themselves on the cultures in their firms and what they're building um, in across the community. And so, how the heck do you communicate that to candidates in, in a virtual world? And how do you, uh, and as a candidate, how do you learn about a company's culture when you're not inside really feeling um, what the company's culture is like? You know, walking through the hallways, I know. I'm a, an empathic person. And so walking into an office, walking into a firm, I automatically feel what that culture is. I get a sense of it. And, and that's really hard to do over Zoom and in a virtual world. Um, doesn't mean it's not possible though. So I think a couple of things, uh, as a candidate, if you wanna learn a little bit about a company's culture, you gotta check them out on social media. Check them out on social media. See what's happening, go to their website, learn about the events that they're having, see what their posts look like. Are they showing up in a thoughtful way? Do they have a diverse environment? You know, identify those things that matter most for you as a candidate and then look for their presence online. And then once you're in the virtual environment and going through that interview process, you know, ask questions, ask questions along the way. Uh, Ask ask if you can meet with other people from the team. Ask if you can, even if you're interviewing with a large organization, can you meet with others from another department and start learning about, you know, I always like to ask, what was one of the biggest challenges that your department or your team had over the past year? And what did you learn from it? That helps you give a little insight into how uh, an organization might tackle and handle challenges also liking also like to ask about you know when you're in an office you know how do you all get together for lunch what does that look like um you know what are some of the things that you do together outside of the the eight hours or or the, the the regular work schedule and that just helps you understand what is the camaraderie you know and is this a part of an organization that aligns with what you're looking for with values and the culture alignment
0: and, and you know that last point you made, it really resonates with me, although, uh, you know my entire our entire firm is gonna call me a hypocrite for making this comment. I, I rarely eat lunch with folks, but I gotta tell you when you ask that question, look, folks, it's scientifically proven that teams that eat together stay together longer. I don't know what it is. I don't know all the science and data behind it, but it's proven. And so that's so important to join. If it's important to you to join an organization that you want to be long-term, gosh, what a simple question to ask and see how folks respond. Yeah, Thanks for sharing that, Katie. You were going to say something else.
1: Yeah, no, so my managing partner who who brought me into the business, that was one of the first things he said to me as I started growing my career and, and being a leader as part of his organization. He said, as a leader, he said, never eat lunch alone. So when you're in my firm, I want all my leaders making sure that they're having lunch with somebody, whether it was an advisor, a staff member, whoever. He said, never eat lunch alone. So I've taken that with me throughout my career for sure.
0: Thanks for sharing that. Okay, so this next question is for all each of you. And what's a simple piece of advice specifically for college students? that you'd give them right now as they enter the job market for the first time? Just the simplest piece of advice, recent college graduate entering the job market for the first time. And let's start with Lisa.
3: I would say practice, 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 practice. So as you're preparing for your interview or your discussion is you can go online and find out what are the top five interview questions. I mean, you'll get lists upon lists upon lists. Here's what too often I experienced, is I'd have individuals who come in and they hadn't even practiced. And I'd ask one question and right off the gates, they were already trying to fumble to figure out how to respond to it. So even though you might not know every question, you're gonna know the majority of the questions. So I know again, when my daughter was was practicing, or when she was interviewing, we would role play and we would practice. So that way when it was time for the interview, that was game time. That wasn't practice time, that was game time and so that allowed her to be able to communicate very consistently and concisely and then at the end we'd ask did you did you feel like you were able to really demonstrate who you are as a person do you think they got to understand who you were and if she she would either say yep i did or nope here's how i can do that a little bit differently and part of the way to do that is i say have stories and have examples because that's what they want to hear i can tell you yep i work really hard i've got grit i'm resilient but it's when I can tell a story or give an example, now I on the other side of that table can really connect and really start to feel like I understand who you may be, right? And guess what? When I get done with an interview and someone else on my team goes, hey, how was the candidate? I'm going to tell, tell, tell a stories because that's how I got to know you. And that's how I really feel like I can share. Here's who they are as a person. Here's what drives them. Here's what their um, resilience was. So really have stories kind of in your back pocket. You don't need a hundred of them, but I always feel like people really underestimate what their strengths are and they've lived them, but they don't know how to tell that. And so you have to really start, you have to think through ahead of time how you want to tell that. Don't just feel like, well, it'll, it'll come to me on the fly, right? It, it, it might, but I found out most of the time it doesn't like you want it to. So do you get prepared and practice so you're doing it more by design, not just hoping that it goes well and move on to the next interview. So that, that would be my, I, I, my simplest uh, advice.
0: It, it, in practice, that, that just resonates so much with me. I think about how Chad sends me the questions three different times leading up to every podcast. And he reminds mm-hmm. me. And so I read them. And then the next time I read them again, and then I read them again, and then he sends them to me in audio so I listen to it the morning of. And if it wasn't that for having such a great partner like the story of you to your daughter to help me practice and prepare, uh, these moments would be massive train wrecks. <laughs> so I love practice. It really resonates with me. And thank you for sharing that. That was powerful. Kristen. Kristen.
2: Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on Lisa, because I agree, the practice is is huge, but I want to pull a little bit more with the stories, because that's critical. What my advice would be to people fresh out of college, and I'm, you know, like Lisa, i a child that age as well, is If we're hiring you or interviewing you, we'd understand that you are fresh out of college. So I would much rather hear how you life examples in your stories of how you exhibited the traits I'm looking for. Because really right out of school, I'll see too many people that try to interview and say all the things they've done which, you know, once you get a little older, you're like, you've been in the workforce a minute and a half. You haven't really done that much. I would much rather hear the resilient stories, even if it was high school or competitive sports or a part-time job, whatever it is, understand that the hiring people for somebody right out of college, we know that you guys are new. We know that this is a brand new thing to you. So I would say, build on the stories and tell what you do. Show your strengths through the stories. And then also the other piggyback to that would be, Don't necessarily wait for something perfect. At this point, when you're first out of school, especially in today's environment, I'll see a lot of people turn down phenomenal opportunities because it's not 100% what they want. And take a risk. Try something that may not be exactly what it is because if the the values are there, the culture, and you can use your strengths, you're going to get something great out of it, even if it's not your lifelong career. So take the risk.
0: Love that. Thank you. Katie.
3: Katie. Can I or can I, can I just Lisa. add to Kristen's? Uh, I just want to add to that and, and how key that is, right? And, and this is a true story, or this is like one of my examples. I was interviewing for it was a nonprofit. It was my first job right out of college, and they were asking me. The question was, why do you feel that you're equipped for this role, right? So you can work with people and really motivate them to want to uh, volunteer. And the example I gave them was one of, the, one of my jobs I had in college, I was a blackjack dealer. And so I related it as to what my role was as a blackjack dealer, what I had to encounter, how that worked. And he told me five years later, the only reason I got that job was because of how I told the blackjack story. He goes, I'll never forget that story. And he goes, never did I think blackjack would have any correlation to what we do here, but you got the job because of that, because of that way to tell the story, but more importantly, kind of translate Here's the skill set I got. This is how it would fit in this world.
0: Love that. Now, now, sorry, I was a blackjack dealer. <laughs> Katie.
1: <laughs> so I, I'm i going to underscore, you know, what Lisa and Kristen, what both these ladies have said. Um, I agree, it, it takes the practice telling the story. And, you know, I, I was really thinking about this this morning and, and it goes along the lines too with taking the risk. So a lot of times you'll see, um, especially with women, is they're less likely to apply for a job that they don't. They might not feel that they're fully qualified for, and so they hold themselves back um, from even interviewing. And so if you don't think it's the right, the total right position, or if you don't think you're 100% qualified look at the uh, interview for the role anyways because at the very least you'll make a new connection and you're going to get the practice because it's got to take a lot of practice uh and a lot of time just communicating what you're looking for and learning along the way and i and i always say that uh, a no is just one step closer to the yes so if you don't get the role if you don't get the position that's okay any no is just one step Closer on your journey to finding that right role to finding your, your next career. So take the risk, be open to interviewing for a lot of different roles. Don't pigeonhole yourself and making sure that you're practicing. And then the, the last thing that I'll say is ask for feedback. So if you're interviewing for a position and you don't move forward in the interview process or you get, uh, you get declined, ask for feedback on what you could do differently, or what are the things that that organization is looking for that you might want to work on and grow and develop um, so that you'll be a good fit for the
0: next time. Yeah. You know, when you said, you know, take the risk that, you know, that really resonated with me. I remember back, you know, almost 20 years ago when I met my mentor, Joe Gurgley, and we met for the first time at a restaurant. I remember having a conversation with him and I was so excited I was two years out of college and I was like, look, I'm just dead set on wanting to be in sales because I wanna control my income and my uh, calendar independence once I'm successful. And he said, well, what about impact? Like, don't you wanna sell something that provides tremendous value? Uh, And and he talked about the nobility of the profession uh, that I chose. And man, I'll tell you what, He's one of the greatest storytellers, mentors, influencers, inspirers of my life. And it's through his gift of storytelling and sharing all the impact he had made at such a young age on behalf of serving families that I said, I want to become a financial advisor. And I had never thought that for one second in my life. For those of you who know me, you remember my story. I'm like, hey, I'm going to become Batman. I'm going to become the middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears. Or a very successful businessman someday. You know, one of the greatest gifts our parents gave us mommy, Mina and Papi Beto, was the dream. And those are my three dreams. And so, you know, here I am still uh, uh working on that third one of uh being a, a competent and capable and, and courageous business owner. But so take the risk, and and I did that 19 years ago, and and what a what a blessing it has been to our lives. So thanks for sharing that. So powerful. Look. As always, we always run out of time. We're about 13 minutes out. I wanna pivot to Chad Miles, uh, the visionary and storyteller of our firm, uh, my right-hand partner and partner in crime. And he's gonna take a few questions from the audience.
4: Manny, thank you. And thank you, Krista and Lisa and Katie. It's been a phenomenal session so far. So we wanna open it up to some audience Q&A. We had a couple that were submitted beforehand, which we'll use to get started. If you'd like to ask a question, Uh, You can use the raise your hand function. You're going to find that at the bottom of your screen. And if you raise your hand, uh, I can actually give you the ability to unmute your microphone and ask your question live to our panel. And so we'll have Manny jump in on some of the Q&A as well. Um, So again, use that raise your hand function just to get us started. I'm going to use one of the questions that was submitted before. You know, Manny, you mentioned uh, the folks from Walsh College and shout out to Walsh again for a great representation here today. I got a question from Liz Gowell. And her question in particular, you know, she was, she was asking about LinkedIn and Kristen, maybe you could kick us off because you mentioned a little bit of the way that, that you use LinkedIn personally, tell us a little bit more about maybe how you use it and, and what uh, candidates in the job market, what they might be able to learn and how they can use a platform like LinkedIn to benefit them.
2: I love LinkedIn. I think it's phenomenal. I think from a young age, you know, my, my college students on it. I'm trying to get my high schooler on it. It's, it's, it's a connection tool. And that's where people make the mistake is so many mistakes. People are trying to broadcast and post. I'm way less concerned with posting than I am with engaging. So if you're in college or really at any age, try to engage. Comment on people's posts is the first one. And really have a conversation. Try to start a dialogue. Think of it as a way to be a conversation starter. The second quick, easy thing is the notifications at the top of the page, click on notifications. It tells you who's changed jobs, who's, had, um, who's got a work anniversary, who's got a birthday, send them a message. So it's really about engagement. The third thing I use in some of their more advanced features is you can find out when people have been featured in articles, anything big and newsworthy. I'll take that article and either pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, I read your article in Wall Street Journal. It was a great quote, really impressed. Or maybe send them an email, but use it as an engagement tool. And if your name and face is in front of people consistently, they'll remember you and it will continue to come back to you, help you. Always tell people, put the good out there, let go of the outcome, but it always comes back to you.
4: Anyone else on the panel? Any other thoughts on, on LinkedIn? You know, Manny, I know it's something that we, we use a lot at the firm that you've been involved in. Tell us a little bit from your perspective, the role that LinkedIn plays.
0: You know, and, and I was going to say, you know, I love people who keep it simple. Uh, as you know, Chad, I mean, you've, you've done such a great job in helping us grow our reach uh, through social media. And as we approach 20,000 connections on my personal account, it's difficult to read every message. And so if, if, if people write novels, uh, it's likely going to go unread. I think keeping it simple, clear, concise, maybe even asking, hey, can I send you a message via email? Would that be okay? And and what what's your preferred email address? When people do that, I respond back every time. And uh, because I, I just, I see that as someone who says, gosh, I bet he's busy or I hope he's busy. And let me demonstrate some etiquette in how I'm going to engage someone cold. So I'd say that's the simplest piece of advice I could give. Keep it simple. Keep it short. Ask to take it out of the social media platform because at the end of the day, it is a platform and people for some reason think posting more is doing better. And no, 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 no. Doing better is add more value in your posts. Don't post more.
4: I think that's great, uh, folks. Just as a reminder, uh, you can use the raise your hand feature if there is a question that you'd like to ask live for our panel. Um, I, I'm gonna we're gonna keep rolling. You know, there was another question that we had submitted before the session today, which was around um, specifically. It was it was what was your favorite question to be asked in an interview? So, as business owners, as as recruiters, as hirers. If someone and, and let's let's expand it beyond just an interview. If you're interacting with a candidate, whether it be maybe at a networking event, recruiting fair, it's online in your LinkedIn inbox, um, what could they be asking about you, about your company that would stand out to you and that, that you'd appreciate?
3: Well, I can start um because this is a question that I told my daughter to ask at the end of her interview that she came back and they actually gave me some street cred about the whole thing. Cause she goes, mom, every time I've asked this question, they're like, that's the best question we've ever been asked. And it's really simple. At the end it was, is there a question that I didn't ask that surprise you? And all it does is it turns it right back to that interviewer. And a lot of times they might pause. Every once in a while they'll have, I was kind of surprised you didn't ask me about this or this. Um, but what it does is, it, again, it helps you stand out. And if there's anything that wasn't clearly connected, they'll make sure that they cover that right there. So it's real simple. Is there a question that I didn't ask that surprised you?
0: I love that. Can can I just go next really quick? Because I was hoping you'd let me. So I love this question because (laughs) when someone asks me, what is the most uh, significant thing you look for when you hire someone? I just think that, that that allows them then to talk about how they might have that skill set, that characteristic, or tell me a story that helps me uh, have confidence that that's them. And that, to me, when people ask me, what's a reason or the most common reason that we're hiring folks at our firm, you know, I, I love to share that. I love to respond to that and then let, let them tell me a
4: story. It's great. You, you talk about simple, right? And just being, being able to ask a question where if you wanna know what someone hiring, what they're looking for, just ask, right? Just ask.
1: Yeah, I That's love fantastic. that, Annie. Yeah, I also love, um, you know, when a candidate, I shared this earlier, asked about the biggest challenge. So really trying to understand a little bit of the culture and, and how we um, tackle challenges and how we learn and grow. And then even thinking about the why. So I've had candidates ask about like, why am I in the role that I am working for the organization that I work for and really trying to dig in and understand what my values are. And that shows me that they're looking for that value alignment. And then we're able to take my why and I can learn about their why. So really kind of getting in the story behind what we do. Um, I was reading a a Harvard Business Journal article the other night, and uh, I was thinking about this, this upcoming podcast, and it was how you can find the why in your career, no matter what you're doing. So Kristen talked a little bit about this early on, and it's really finding passion and, and finding a career that you love. And I think you can do that even in your current career today, just spend some time digging in and identifying that impact. So what is it that you're doing that's making an impact? Even if it's not in the way that you initially thought or dreamed about, um, you're maybe in you know, a, a role that you didn't think was the perfect fit for you. If you dig in and find that why, that's gonna help motivate you and have you keep showing up every day. You'll learn and grow. And I promise if you have that passion behind you, Everybody's going to recognize, they're going to feel your energy and you will get to where you want to go.
0: Kristen, you have to have like a hundred, but you can only share one.
1: I, know.
2: You know, I you know. Here's what's funny. I don't have a particular question. It, what I would look for, the best question you could ask me is a follow up to something that let me know you were paid it, paying attention during our interview and that you wanted to pull more information. So it's not a particular question. In an interview for me, I'm looking for connection more than stats and figure, which is so funny because I'm a strategy person, I'm a business strategist, but in an interview, I look for the vibe and the connection. So if I get a sense, whatever you ask me that you wanted more information, you're seeking clarification and you were dialed in, that's that's the perfect question.
4: Love that. That's great. Uh, that's all we got for, for Q&A here. So as we come up on the top of the hour, uh, Manny, I'm, I'm still hosting duties for a minute, but I'm going to pass it back to each, each of you panelists, all four of you, um, just to give people an opportunity. Look, this is a, an opportunity to continue a conversation. And so uh, if each of you can just share, if someone wanted to reach out to you directly, if they wanted to ask you a question or uh, leave a comment with today's uh, discussion, how can people find you and connect with you? And so let's start with Kristen, Lisa, Katie, and then we'll end with Manny.
2: Yeah, um, social media is the best way. Well, my website is easy. It's andregroup.com. And Andre has two E's, so A-N-D-R-E-E group.com. On all social platforms, I'm at Andre Group. So super easy. I'm very active on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, every, everywhere, and our, our podcast is on iTunes as well. So love to connect with you guys.
3: And my website is folkwheelcoaching.com. So S-P-O-K-E, wheelcoaching.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Um, or like I said, check out my website, which has all my contact info on there. Yeah,
1: you can connect with me. LinkedIn, definitely the best social media platform. Um, so you can connect with, with Katie Martineau there and then Martineau at massmutual.com. So feel free to connect on LinkedIn or shoot me an email. Um, would love to you know connect and chat and answer any questions that we didn't hit on today's podcast.
0: Awesome. And so thank you to the three of you and to Chad. That this, this absolutely could never be possible without him. Uh, as always, folks, know you can find me on LinkedIn under my full name and, well, Amesqua and or on Instagram under Detroit Manny. That is the simplest way to find me. Follow us. Uh, We love sharing our story. Uh, You know, these conversations are about talking to the best of the best and learning from the best of the best. The 1% of the 1%, if you will, around these different critical areas for success and happiness in life. And so our four pillars, as you know, our vision, hustle, Grit and gratitude. And let me leave you with the last aside. I can't remember the last time I didn't hire somebody that did two very specific things authentically where I could tell the authenticity that existed. One, when they email me in advance of our first conversation to acknowledge that they've done research, they're prepared and they're excited to connect. That's really powerful. Number two, handwritten notes. I keep them all. These are the ones I collected in this calendar year of 2020. They sit on my coffee table. They're meaningful. And and look, I was looking at it in the top note from a championship team, Bronco Nation. I love getting these. I hire based on those little things. Starbucks experience chapter two, everything matters. Hey, have a wonderful holiday season. Be kind, be polite, pay compliments. It's so easy to be likable and being likable allows you to earn more time with the people that you care about, you respect and you admire and relationship is everything. Don't forget that. Happy holidays. Bye.
2: Happy holidays.
0: Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Our goal is to bring value to as many people as possible with these conversations. And we need your help to grow the podcast. Please leave a rating and review on Apple with your thoughts on the conversations so far. Thanks in advance. And until next time, keep attacking your life with grit and gratitude. You'll be surprised where it'll take you.